By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Welcome to Behind the Drive Shortcuts. My name is Douglas McLean, and our guest today is legendary blues soul artist Joe Lewis Walker, who joined me in conversation uh, to talk about his new album, Electric Electric, coming out November 13th, 2021. Joe Lewis is a true powerhouse guitar virtuoso, unique singer, and prolific songwriter. Walker, a Blues of Hall fame inductee and four-time Blues Music Award winner, has toured extensively throughout his career, performing at the world's most renowned music festivals, and has earned a legion of dedicated followers. His latest highly acclaimed album, Blues Coming On, which was released in 2019, cements his legacy as a prolific torchbearer for the blues. Please welcome Joe Lewis Walker. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. Um, it's a great privilege for me. Hey, congratulations on a eclectic electric man. Uh, I have to tell you, it's a really joyful album. Uh, it's so happy and rejuvenating. <laughs> I was, I was so thrilled to hear it. I, well, that's good. I'm, I'm, it's, that, that makes me feel good. Oh, Thank good. You. It surprised me actually. Um, so this is your third album for uh, Cleopatra in three years, basically. So are you kind of planning one a year? Is that the, is that the deal you got with them, or just as they come? Well, um, uh, well, uh, actually, um, my deal was for three records. Oh, three okay. records, um, okay. a live DVD, which we did right. called Viva Las Vegas. Yeah. And so I've satisfied my contract with Cleopatra. Okay. So I don't know, you know, to be quite honest, you know, um, where I'll be going or if I'll be staying, you know, or, yeah. but I, I've, I've, this is my 30th CD. So I've, I've never had a problem getting the record label. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just, I've never had an issue. Right. Getting them, you know? Yeah. Well, I hope they treated you well because, um, you know, certainly uh, Blues Coming On was a pretty extraordinary album in itself as well. Okay, so let's just kind of delve into this. Can can you tell us a bit about the the project and how you you pick such a diverse set of songs? Because you got everything there from Zydeco to Motown to blues. And uh, is that the kind of feeling you had in mind when you were picking the songs? Or did you just, how did that come together that well, way? Well, actually, what, what happened was, you know, after you made 25, 26, 27, 28 records, yeah. you know, I, 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 people have an idea of what they hear me doing. Right. Okay. You know, and, and various people, fellow musicians, producers, you know, they have an idea. Okay, Joe, you already did this. You right. did that. Right. Okay, you did this. You did that. Right. Um, we, we, we sort of like to see, you know, I, I, we, we got some feedback from a lot of people who've been listening to my music fans. Um, record label, different people in the business like yourself. Right. And uh, they said that they wanted me to do something even more eclectic. Oh, okay. uh, so um, I, I was submitted a whole bunch of songs. Oh. You know, songs that have been done before. People wanted to see me do it my own way. 
I've, I got songs like the song Wine, which is a sort of a Zydeco song I got from a uh, um, uh, uh, Sunny West right. who wrote um, Ray Vaughn and It's So Easy for Buddy Holly. Right. And Sonny hasn't given two songs to hardly anybody. So I was really honored when Sonny gave me that song to do because it didn't sound anything like you hear. It yeah. wasn't Zydeco. When Sonny gave it to me, it was him, you know, with that beautiful voice like him and Buddy Holly had. Right. And, you know, I was uh, like, um, wow, you know, I can never sing this like Sonny. So I'm going <laughs> to put my own stamp on it. Right. But uh, people sent me everything from songs from the Beatles to the Rolling Stones to extreme and in all kinds of oh, stuff wow. jazz songs right. standards yeah and um some of the songs i had already were going to do okay um i had all talked to the, the songwriter and um we we're friends and he said well, you know like do it your own way joe so i was going to do that anyway before this whole process started right. i was going to i'd already recorded uh make no mistake because because Kiefer told Kiefer told me he said man you, you do the song Joe just do it your own way so oh. I turned it around I put the chorus in the front of the song right yeah. and, and um <laughs> I wonder what he I wonder what he thinks about it but I, right. I, I might find out because I might see him Monday right. at that show they're doing right. but um I, I like to do stuff like that you know where yeah. the people already say hey man you've done a couple of songs already Joe and they're, they're pretty cool the way you did them you mixed them up you did Heart of Stone you did um uh uh what, what's the other one i did uh they did 2125 michigan avenue i did shine a light uh yeah. for different projects and I, and I did another one uh that turned out pretty good too uh oh ride ride on baby which right. is a cool song right. old stone song yeah, yeah. so um I, I did that and working with sunny west i was glad that he you know had a song that he figured that would fit me because he knows I'm a big Buddy Holly fan, you know, oh, okay. and I can do it my own way. Right. You know, with the, with the songs that were chosen, like um, Werewolves of London, um, right away, that was a no-brainer because me and Waddy are like, you know, we're we're just brothers of a different mother. You know, <laughs> I, I, I've known, since I've known Waddy, we've been tight. As thick as Steve, he played on Blues Coming On. Sure. He, he played on all, half of that album. He played on half of this album. Right. And, you know, the, I, I just love him because he's, he's, He's a tasty guitar player and he's real peoples. Right. So, I mean, Werewolves was easy. We just had to find a groove for it. Right. Um, the, the Eagles song was one I was hesitant to do, Hotel right. California. But I remember, I remember like it was clockwork. I, I had, um, I was on a blues cruise and Edda was on a blues cruise. Right. And, and Edda was uh, some kind of way. I, I, listened, I listened to her new song at the time and it was Take It to the Limit. Right. And and some of the blues people were sort of upset. Oh, what's she doing? The Eagles. And it sounded freaking great. Right. I mean, it was like, oh wow. I, I know that the Eagles were stoked when they heard that, man. Right. So I, I, I did um I did the Hotel California, but I did it more with the reggae groove. And I had uh Le Morale Coyel, Larry's son, uh play lead guitar with me. Okay. Like that's Larry doing most of the fields and most of the really trebly lead guitar. Right. And and I have the more of a legato guitar on it. Yeah. And I don't take much of a solo, but it's a good foil to Morales. Right. Um, well, the, the Muddy Water song I had already recorded right. years ago. Yeah. And so I just went in and redo it. And, and, and uh, Okay. Well, I mean, uh, Hotel California took me by surprise when I saw it on the song list. And I thought, whoa, that's, that's pretty... Uh, that's pretty brave, and I'd heard. I told John yeah. that that I'd heard that uh, Don Henley would 
sue anybody for doing that song. So I was surprised. But uh, you, you did you know? Do you know Don Felder? I mean, because you got a real nice take on that song. Um, first of all, the guitar playing in it is quite different. It's t- pretty tasty. I mean, it sounds like you're playing it way up on the high up on the fretboard, but I could be wrong about that. But it, it's got a neat sound to it, and there's no twelve string. No, like I said, Morale played most of the lead oh, okay. guitar. He played most of the fields. Uh, he played the solo with, with the trebly sound, okay. you know, with that gold top trebly sound. Right. What okay. I played was a more um, uh, uh, a mid-range solo, you know, just sort of to be a foil to his. Right. But, the, you know, the, the appreggios that the two guitars do, the guitar harmony, right. that, I did those myself. Right. You know, right. I did those. And I wanted to do them a little bit different because you can't do them any better than those guys did it. No. <laughs> so I wanted to be back back up a little bit yeah. and just, you hear them, you hear them clear and they're, I don't know, the, the tone of the guitar is not as in your face right. uh, because, you know, you had two different guitar players playing in it. And with this, I put the uh, harmony parts on myself. Right. So it, it, you sort of get that. But I mean, I am, I, um, I, I I haven't uh, met any of those guys. Okay. And, you know, if Don Felder wants to sue me, I mean, if... Uh, oh, Don if Henley. Yeah. Wants to sue me, I mean, well, I've had it. Oh, I know. doubt if he... I, I doubt it. I just heard that, that that's sort of a funny story about... The, yeah, I mean, you know, that's crazy because most musicians, yeah, if you go from anybody, from yeah. Ray Charles to Smokey Robinson to John Lennon yeah. to Keith or whatever, yeah. they love for other people to do their music. Sure. And if, if I'm not mistaken... When you hear the early Beatles, they're doing everybody's song. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. know, and Buddy Holly songs, yeah, uh, exactly. uh, 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 Smokey Robinson, and yeah. they changed them around. Yeah, okay, they sure, did. A lot sure. of people don't like you to do that. Yeah. You listen to the early Stones. Hey, come on, man, really Buddy right. Waters songs, Buddy right. Holly songs. Right. Yeah. You listen to uh, 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 Ray Charles. He, he's, he did a couple of Char- uh, Charles Brown songs. Sure, Nat King Cole, a couple of Charles. Right. So everybody, you know, so. When, when I hear that a musician doesn't like other people doing their material, that sort of goes against all the things that I think uh, sharing art and music is about. So uh, yeah. I, I tend to think that may, somebody may be overreacting when they, when they heard that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you you gave it a nice uh, you gave it a nice interpretation and a different angle on it. I mean, when when I listened to it, you know, I I kind of felt the lyrics a little differently and uh, understood some things about it's a such a powerful tune to start with. But um, yeah, in, at, yeah. At, I mean, it's great song. Yeah, and you included. I I thought it was uh, cool that you included all she wants to do is dance too, which was. Um, you know, Henley had that one on his second album and uh, quite a different take on Well, uh, now, that one I had permission to do, yeah. okay? Because okay. uh, I know Kachwan, because he plays with Wadi in the, yeah. in the immediate family. Right. So me and Danny are cool. So I said, hey, in fact, Danny was going to play on the song. Oh, okay. You know, like Wadi played on World Wars of London, but they were doing something real busy, the immediate family. So right. Danny, but he was game to do it. Right, you know, so yeah. I, I don't think it'll be. <laughs> yeah, you know, I now, want guys to be happy if I do this stuff uh, because, hey, look at like this. You know, like I told Mick, you know, are you getting the checks? Yeah. Mick said, "What checks, Joe?" Yeah. I said, "All the checks of all the songs I wrote for you." Yeah. <laughs> so I did of yours, and he just started laughing. Right. He says, "I'll be, I'll be looking for him." <laughs> you know, he just started laughing because right. he knows that you know if you look at the last Rolling Stones record before the, um, it was called Blue and Lonesome. Sure, yeah. I personally a- know. I personally know somebody's daughter of one of those blues musicians that wrote one of those songs right. that um, 
I put in touch to go meet Ronnie and them because she paid off her home. Her home. Really? With the first check. Okay? Yeah. So now, when when a musician says he don't want people doing their material, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think anybody send, say, hey, man, I don't like this song the way you did my song. I, I, hey, Paul, uh, <laughs> I, I don't like the way you did... Um, you know, yeah. uh, you and John did really got a hold on me. Sure. Smokey sends back a check for yeah. $500,000. Yeah. I don't think it goes like that. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, it's a stupid joke, but I. You are listening to Behind the Drive Shortcuts. My name is Douglas McLean, and we'll be right back with more from Joe Lewis Walker about his extraordinary new album. And pres- actually, quite a joyful, exciting album as well. Uh, it's called Elect- Eclectic Electric on Cleopatra Records. Of course, uh, Joe Lewis Walker has somewhere in the range of 32 albums released over this long, long career, which began in San Francisco when he was a boy. He fell in love with the blues and made friends with many and many of the greats that we know, Mike Bloomfield, Jimi Hendrix, the Rolling Stones, and beyond. We'll be back in these few short seconds. Buy Muskoka for Muskoka. Your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine. The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental. Keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. It's something that really fascinates me. It was something I wanted to ask you a little bit about Muddy Waters. Did you meet Muddy Waters or... Did you, did you oh, have yeah, the opportunity? Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Muddy, Muddy let me open up two weeks at a time. Man. Really? You know, because... So I got to hang with Muddy, eat, eat, eat with him and, and eat his cooking. Right. And listen to him. Right. <laughs> because he had a very interesting interview way back in the early 70s or something with Rolling Stone where he talked about microtones or the tones in between the frets that he in could... In between re- the notes. Yeah, yeah, that he could reach yeah. with his slide. And... Uh, yeah. And he would, I don't know if, he would make this yip or, I don't know, you would hear him. He would, he, as he worked his way into it, and it was like almost healing magic. I don't know uh, if that's even possible to talk about these days, but I've always been, you know, I've always heard that m- m- music actually can heal, like not just soothe yeah. the heart and that, mm-hmm. but actually has that power to it, right? And I've always been fascinated yeah. by how he, but it was so extraordinary because you would hear him. I'm sure you know this, but you know he would get into that thing and with his slide, and then he'd stick like this, you know, and you'd it just sends shivers down your spine. And anyway, yeah, yeah. I, well, I, buddy, you know the the microtone thing comes from Africa. Okay, okay? so yeah. when you play um, African music, you know, um, when I lived in France, I, I played with nothing but African musicians, sure. Algerian. And most of them were playing, could play blues, but I uh, showed them. But they wanted me to play slide, playing microtones. Right. And I had to unlearn the Western way of thinking and learn that the microtones are the notes in between the notes, that um, according to the African musicians, they're the notes in between the notes that make you feel something. Right. Okay. The other notes are there to resolve those. Okay. Now that's what the way they look at it. Right. You know, but um, I did play on a couple of records where I, I did pretty good. I, I actually they were schooling me pretty good in it, and, and um, we we worked hard on that song. You like Gone and Alone. Right. That song is is one of those songs right. where we could do different things, and uh, I think with the rhythm, with the rhythm, everything fits. 
you know. But with with Muddy, I, I just be honest, man. I always got the feeling from Muddy Waters that in another time and space, Muddy would have been a African king. Right. I His features, you. the way he carried himself. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm serious. I'm I'm not joking. No, no I understand. And, and the way yeah. people gravitated towards him, yeah. and the way he treated everybody, from Joe Louis Walker to Johnny Winters yeah. to Billy Branch to John Primer to Keith Richards to Mick Jagger to Eric Clapton to everybody, he treated us all the same. same yeah. He did never treat nobody better than anybody. Yeah. Because he, I think the way he came up, like guys like my father come from Mississippi, was that they were so happy to be able to leave and be able to just have a conversation where they could honestly say how they felt, right. you know, but by them coming out of that, coming out of that era, they were very cognizant of hurting people's feelings. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right now, you, you know, people spot off about anything. Well, yeah. you know this, well, you know, they, yeah. they would not do that. Yeah. You know, you, they, they could be mad as heck. And they, they're just not going to spot off about anything. Yeah. You know, and when they have something that they think is sort of unpleasant to say, they won't say it unpleasantly. You can hear million interviews with B.B. King. Right. You could not get him to talk about anything that's unpleasant. Right. He wouldn't even talk about his life. Right. If you heard, you know, B.B. King's real life was like, yeah. you'd say, oh, no, man. Yeah. What? Really? Yeah. You you really was driving a tractor when you were nine years old? Yeah. You really was taking care of yourself when you were 10? Yeah. Really? You walked in Memphis? Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. need to I don't need the audience to know that, Joe. I don't yeah. need them to know that. Yeah. I need them to know my music. Yeah. Although and I, for, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I didn't mean to interrupt. I mean BB King did uh reveal some of that in a he did a series of uh sort of lessons on how to play blues guitar and in the interview portion of it, he talked a little bit about some of the things he had witnessed as a young man and things. And you know, he said you have to, you have to hold that inside, you know. And but he said, imagine carrying, mm -hmm. that, imagine carrying that around your whole life. I mean, that's the thing we just are not getting <laughs> as a society, you know. Uh, but uh, I don't know how to even yeah. tackle that. I mean, the last time, well, you know, it's. A Last time we talked a little bit, you you mentioned you know because the Black Lives Matter movement was afloat and was working and uh, I mean that was just a year ago and already things have changed so dramatically it's nuts, but uh, yeah we keep slipping away from that I don't know what's there's something about our psyche that won't let us look at the truth I guess. Um, yeah, 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 I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. It's just um, you know it it's 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 it's. It's almost like there's a um, we have a shared history, yeah. and in our shared history, um, of course, there's during history in, there's winners and there's losers. Right. There's people that do better than others, blah blah blah, on and on and on, um, and and there's people who have done wrong and people who haven't done wrong so much wrong. Right. But it seems like I think we, what you were sort of getting at was like, you know. Um, carrying that around with you would i think the reason bb and, and guys like him and muddy and my dad people like that carried it around with them because they were other friends of mine i might offend you right if i let you know what i've been through 
because the person that put me through it might be your cousin right. or, or your uncle, right. you know, and he could be a fan of mine now. Right. And I don't want to alienate him, but you know, you got another whole generation of brothers coming up now and sisters that, you know, it's like, Hey, you know what, I, you know, this, this, what it is, what it was, is what it was, yeah. you know, don't, 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 <laughs> yeah. you know, don't, 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 don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. Right. Okay, because I'm the one who got peed on. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And you're the one that peed on me. Yeah. So now yeah. can we just agree and move on? Yeah. You know? No, no, slavery was not fun, man. No. It wasn't no fun. You know, I mean I, I don't care if some politician says this or, or what color he is or whatever. You know, it was not you know, it, it was bondage and it was brutal. Yeah. You know, being American Indian was brutal, trail of tears. Yeah. You know, I mean, being a, a Japanese and taking an internment camp was brutal. I know because I lived in San Francisco a lot of Japanese. Right, yeah. You know, being Hispanic and being ran out of California, which was Spain, which was which is Mexico yeah. anyway, all the way up to Texas, and the way they treat it now is brutal. Yeah. And, and so if we can't talk about it, if you can't talk about something, how can you fix it? Exactly. Yeah, how exactly. can, okay, so Timmy and Heather can't learn the truth? It's my it's my experience that we all seek the truth. It doesn't make any difference what side of the fence we're on, how much money we got. The truth will set you free. Yeah. And so if you don't want the whole country to know about the truth, because you say it's critical theory, brother, it's not critical theory. It's the truth. It's the it's truth. Just the yes, truth. Exactly. It happened then. Let's Let's get it out and move on. Let's steal you know, it. Yeah. Nobody wants to live back there. No. But <laughs> I don't want to live back there. No, but you got to you know? deal with it. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you completely. And I'm, I mean, I'm a Canadian and uh, we have our own endless issues, you know, oh, with I know. Resi residential yeah. schools and things like that. And certainly. Yeah, those schools, man, you know, they're finding bodies that, that oh, they didn't yeah. even know was there. You know, you know and uh, it's brutal. Yeah. I, I'll share a small story with you, you know, when. Uh, uh, the former guy was president there. One of the things that kept coming up on Twitter all the time was this little plaque that was beside where Emmett Till's body was pulled out of the Tallahassee River. And these guys were shooting it all up and stuff like that. And I had never, mm -hmm. never known, I didn't know what that story was, you know. And, and I mean, I was only six years old when that happened. But that slammed, when I went and did some research and found out about the story, it hit me so hard. I'll tell you, man, it just about knocked me on the ground because I couldn't, first of all, because he was a boy that to be, you know, yeah. abused like that and tortured. And the open casket. Yeah. And, and then, open casket. so, so, so uh, you know, I just, it, it, it seems to me that uh, in my humble opinion, there's something aching in our conscience, in, in, in our social conscience. And if we don't somehow reconcile that, um, we're just doomed <laughs> you know we're just gonna go down the sewer because we gotta rise up but uh what do i know i mean just a guy right so